0: This is Digital Story Podcast number 928, January 2nd, 2024. Today's theme is All Dressed Up With Nowhere To Go. I'm Derek Story. I have just taken my 100th portrait of the cat. All the blooms have fallen off the Christmas cactus in the window box. As I sit here watching the rain outside... Surrounded by all this great camera gear, I'm jonesing for a photo adventure. But not today. How I plan to cope with my internment is the lead story in today's TDS Photography Podcast. I hope you enjoy the show. I feel like one of those guys with an electronic ankle bracelet. Wandering around the studio with a Nikon ZF around my neck, looking for something compelling to photograph. Now I know how the cat feels. I watch her explore every corner of the living room in search of something to play with. Sometimes she lucks out and finds an unlucky bug. Poor little bugger, his minutes are numbered. So I take pictures of the cat. She looks for spiders and the rain keeps pouring down. Don't get me wrong, I'm thankful for the rain. It's filling our reservoirs and adding fresh water to my open barrels in the backyard. And sometimes they even take pictures in the rain. But honestly, it really isn't fun and it doesn't last for long. I figured out all sorts of cool things to do during my internment. I've adapted my favorite Pentax lens, the Pentax HD DA 70 mm F2.4 limited lens, to my OM-1. It's going to be fantastic for landscape and portraits with its 140 millimeter equivalent focal length on my favorite all-time crop sensor camera, but not today. I've been testing the amazing Nikkor Z 26 millimeter f2.8 pancake lens on the Nikon ZF. This combo is so addictive that I walk around the studio with it all day, but this thoroughbred needs to run. And today is not that day. I've reorganized both of my camera kits a dozen times. Should I include the 45 millimeter F1.8 or the 45 millimeter F1.2 with the OM-1? Is there enough room for both the 40 millimeter and 50 millimeter in my Nikon bag? Maybe I should start over. I even pulled out all of my tripods yesterday and started switching their heads. Now I have a Joby head on the Enduro and the Enduro head on the Manfrotto. Anything other than a Manfrotto head is an improvement. Finally, after this low point, I decided that I needed to do something meaningful. And fortunately, an opportunity presented itself. Teresa gifted me and the boys tickets to the Saturday Warriors game. I checked the weather report and there's no rain in the afternoon. So I got out my street photography black shirt, oversized jacket and gray Warriors cap. I tucked the ZF with 26mm pancake in a softball-sized shoulder pouch that I could wear inside of my jacket and put the iPhone 15 Pro Max in my front jeans pocket. I'll arrive in the city a couple hours before I'm to meet the boys and along the way engage in some serious photography. Then I'll catch the Metro T down to Mission Bay and meet the boys. My super compact pouch meets the bag requirements for Chase Center and the short lens won't get me in trouble. The three of us will enjoy the game and then I will reverse course back to the parking garage at the north end of the city, shooting pictures all along the way. If this plan works, I will have much to report next week. Stay tuned. And yes, I'm totally excited. Why one photographer prefers micro four thirds. And you can read this entire story on fstoppers.com. I have a link in the show notes. Understanding why a photographer remains loyal to a particular system like micro four thirds can offer some valuable insights into the nuances of photographic equipment. And in the age dominated by APS-C full frame and even medium format, the perspective of Micro Four Thirds user can be particularly good to hear. Coming to you from Robin Wong, this great video shares the reasons for his enduring love for Micro Four Thirds system. With over a decade of experience, Wong articulates why the system continues to be his choice for both professional and personal projects. His preference stems from the system's compact lenses, renowned for their sharpness, and performance even at wide aperture. Wong highlights lenses like the Olympus 75mm F1.8, which combines a compact form with high quality output as a key reason for his steadfast loyalty. This preference for smaller, high-performing lenses is particularly relevant in an era when many photographers grapple with the size and weight of their equipment. Another significant aspect Wong touches on is the system's reliability. Having used Micro Four Thirds cameras like the Olympus E-M1 for professional work, he emphasizes the confidence these cameras instill, ensuring that he can always deliver quality results to his clients. In addition to reliability, he praises the superior handling and ergonomics of Micro Four Thirds cameras. This aspect is crucial for photographers who spend long hours on shoots and value comfort and ease of use. Wong's perspective underscores an essential truth in photography. The best camera is the one that meets your specific needs, be it for ergonomics, image quality, or reliability. The truth is there is no wrong system, only what's right for you. Check out the video above for the full rundown from Wong. All right, well, a couple thoughts on this post. I like this post a lot. I totally agree with Robin Wong. Uh, I have had the same experience, uh, over the years with my micro four third systems, they're reliable, they're compact, they're easy to carry. For my event photography, when I'm on my feet for a long time, going from corner to corner of the venue, having that light system that gets the shots is super important. And my clients aren't making billboards with the photos I deliver to them. They are using them for brochures, they're using them for websites, they're using them for social media. And the resolution of a 20 megapixel sensor is plenty, is plenty for their needs. And in fact, even if I have to crop a shot a little bit, there's still plenty of resolution for what they need. I have never had one client ask me for more resolution on any of the shoots I have delivered to them. And then the last thing I want to say is that the Olympus 75mm f 18 which is cited specifically in this article is a gem. It is a gem lens. We have talked about it at workshops and in other places. And anyone who has one knows exactly what I'm talking about. One of the big knocks on small sensor photography is that it's hard to control the depth of field. In other words, it's hard to have your subject sharp and then a very soft background. Smaller sensors tend to make everything sharp, right? (laughs) The subject and the background. Uh, Just look at what your smartphone will produce if you don't go into a computational photography mode. Everything will be in focus. For some reason, I don't know what they did. I don't know what Olympus did with the 75 millimeter F1.8, but when you shoot with it, At f1.8, the separation is like a full-frame camera. The separation is like you're using a lens on a full-frame sensor. It has that feel to it. It is magic. And of all the lenses, all the wonderful lenses that Olympus makes, if you need that separation, that is the one that I would look at. It is a fantastic lens, and I can see why Robin Wong likes it. The video is really good. And like I said, the link is in the show notes. I encourage you to go over to f-stoppers, take a look at that video. If you're a Micro Four Thirds shooter, you'll probably be nodding your head a lot during it, Uh, just like a cool little piece with some excellent reminders for those of us that appreciate Micro Four Thirds cameras. How websites have become practically unusable. I'm not going to point to any specific page right now, but this is something that I've just noticed (laughs) more and more recently, especially over the last year. You know, I'm always scouring the web for stories. I want to find interesting things to share with my listeners. I want to find interesting things for me to read and, you know, to stimulate my photography. So I'm always looking for a good story. I go to a variety of sites. And I have found that it is practically impossible on some sites to even read the story because of all the ads, because of all the pop-ups, they literally cover the content, (laughs) They literally cover the content. I found this one story. I'm not going to tell you the site, but I'm just going to say, I thought the story was interesting. What to pack for a safari, a detailed safari packing list. I thought, okay, that's kind of fun. I go, I'm going to go over to that story. I tried to read the story and I could not. I had, first of all, I had a pop-up come over, over the front of the story. There is a ongoing pop-up at the bottom of the page. Of course, there's all the stuff running down the sides. And then there is embedded in the article, a number of ads that continue to rotate and change. And sometimes I can't tell if they're part of the article or what they are. And then as I keep trying to scroll through it, these embedded ads, and I'm going to just give you a count right now. I'm going to scroll through this. Okay. I'm not even talking about all the other stuff. I'm just talking about the ads that are embedded in the article itself. Okay. Here's the first one. One, two, three. I'm scrolling, still scrolling, four still scrolling scrolling five six seven still scrolling this is not that long of an article eight i'm at eight so far still scrolling nine still scrolling ten scrolling scrolling 11 12 still scrolling 13 still scrolling scrolling 14 scrolling 15 scrolling 16 17, 18, 19, 20, couple pictures, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, same article still, 27, I am not exaggerating here, 28, 29, still scrolling, 30, 31, scrolling, 32, 33, still in the article, 34, Oh, finally, we get to a list, which is what I wanted in the first place, 35, 36, 37, 37, 37 embedded ads or 37 interruptions while I'm trying to read the article, not counting the ad that plastered itself that popped up over the front of the article, not counting the rotating ad at the bottom of the article that stays put. Not counting the ads on the right side that are just there. This is unbelievable. I understand having to make money. I do, right? I'm in business for myself. I believe me, I know, I know that you have to capitalize or, re, or recoup at least some money for the work that you do. If you're running a website, there are bills to pay. There's a lot of stuff going on. And so you need to generate some money, but here's my complaint. The lack of creativity to generate revenue, creativity that would instead be an addition or a help to the reader instead of something that's a barrier to them reading content. Why is that so hard? Why is that so hard? I mean, why do we need so many ads that doesn't even allow us to read the content that we're there for in the first place? How is that good business? And are people actually clicking on these ads or do they just barrage us to where you accidentally click on an ad, therefore they get you know the few pennies for that click, even though you didn't even mean to do it, even though it doesn't lead to a sale. So this is something that I think at some point is going to make the web unusable. And it really bums me out because I enjoy reading all these different articles. I enjoy what's going on on the internet. I enjoy pointing people to different websites that are doing good stuff. And the websites that I cite You know, they have ads too, but at least you can read the content. So if I point you to an article, you can get the content. So those aren't the ones I'm complaining about It's just something that has been bugging me for a long time. I'm sure if you surf the web and are looking for interesting stories, you run into it yourself. At some point, this is all just going to fall apart, you know, or or someone's going to do something really brilliant, like find a different way to capitalize on, on eyeballs. And they're gonna, they're gonna rock, they're gonna rock. Anyway, just a short little note about how websites have been practically unusable. Some of them, some of them. All right, let's take care of a little virtual camera club news. Speaking of paying the bills, right? (laughs) Speaking of paying the bills, but this is the first thing that you've heard in the podcast, right? And even so, I'm gonna lead off with something that is absolutely free, the Nimble Photographer Newsletter. There are no ads in that newsletter. You can sign up for free, and you can get it most every Thursday. I took this Thursday off because, quite frankly, I'm on vacation. (laughs) That's why the podcast's a little bit shorter as well. But at any rate, uh, it comes out most every Thursdays. It's free. Uh, It gives me a chance to uh, catch up on things that happen Uh, after I record the podcast. If you're interested on any of my sites, the Digital Story or the Nimble Photographer, just click on Newsletter and you can sign up. You can read a newsletter, sign up, and get it in your inbox every Thursday, almost. A big thanks to our Inner Circle members, the folks that support this podcast month in and month out. This is honestly one of the reasons why we don't have a bunch of ads. You know, and I think it's somewhat creative. Uh, I've done a lot of work to create the inner circle. That is a win for everyone involved. And especially, you know, with a mind toward, you know, the folks in our community, inner circle members get discounts on everything that, uh, all the workshops that we do online or otherwise, uh, they have special area that I've designed for them, they get to hang out, share pictures, ask questions just shoot the breeze about photography they have that and you know they get the good feeling of keeping terrible ads uh off the podcast so that we don't have to listen to them and i don't have to read them i mean it is just one of those winning things that i think is so much better than having an underwear ad for the first minute of the podcast before you get to any content so huge thanks to our inner circle members not only for supporting this community but for saving this community from stuff we just don't want to read or hear (laughs) and finally our longest running sponsor red river paper they have a tile on all the pages of the digital story they stand by this podcast they stand by this community they provide something that is very useful to artists and you go to their website and you know what you can read the content (laughs) <laughs> it is not cluttered with a ton of ads. They don't have pop-ups coming up. They have one promotion that ask you to sign up for the newsletter that comes up. After that, that's it. That's, that's all you get. And you know, their newsletter is pretty cool. So even that is uh, something worthwhile. They just do it right. They do it right. They support the show. They design and sell good product. They support their community. This is what I'm talking about in Red River Paper, does it that way they have a tile on all the pages of the digital story and they have a facebook page at facebook.com slash red river paper and a huge thanks to them for supporting our podcast all right it's going to do it for me this week Uh, next week we will get back in full gear but i want to wish everyone a happy new year it's been a pleasure to work with you in 2023 and i'm looking forward to a great 2024 See you next Tuesday. Bye-bye now.